Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the Future of Email. My guest this morning, Ben Lund, uh, head of Rise Marketing and uh, a former corporate guy. We're going to talk about that a bit. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, thanks for having me on today. I'm really pumped to be here. You're Massachusetts? Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Okay. Okay. So you got a, you got a, a couple cup of coffee, a head start on, on us here in the West Coast. But uh, you no, know, this is early for you, especially after a big weekend. That's uh, uh, all right. Actually, what's funny about the podcast thing, um, I'll frequently have guests from like EU, sometimes Australia, and they love the 7 a.m. slot. And I'm perfectly game for it. And I put it on the calendar, but different times I go, ah. I'm, I'm not going to be at my best. I, I, need, I need to get up early and have an extra cup of joe or something like that. Hey, Ben, um, give, people a, give people a brief snapshot of your company for starters, of what, uh, what Rise does. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so Rise Marketing Group, it's a performance advertising. That's what I label us as. And so what that means, it's really focused. We're not a branding agency. We're not a creative first agency. It's really dollar in, dollar out to some type of business output that's a transaction or that's a lead. And then how do we do that? That's a, on a variety of different strategies in order of our most popular services. So all paid ads, so Google ads, social, LinkedIn for B2B. Uh, we do SEO work, search engine optimization. And then other verticals that we've been opening up include email as well as social media. But Paid ads and SEO right now are the number two services. And it's, that's what we do for our clients to drive leads and sales is pretty much what it comes down to. Now, you had spent some time, uh, among other things, at, at, uh, at, a, at, at a Merkle division. So you've got some background in this, uh, in this agency space, right? Yeah, that's right. I was, uh, yeah, when was this? This was uh, what, 2014 to 28. Nope, this is. Four years prior, 2011 to 2014. And, uh, you know, I was at RKG, uh, Rim Kostman Group, yeah. which was a private uh, independent agency that focused on e-commerce. And they did all Google ads, Microsoft ads. And it was fun being part of that team and that agency. And then they were eventually acquired by Merkle, which is a behemoth in yeah. of itself. So, but then since I left uh, Google, but yeah, no, I had some fun. Working at Agency of Life, I was on their business development teams. You know, fly out to meet great clients like Crate and Barrel, Dick Sporting Goods, and kind of stand up and do your pitch and how can you grow their program? And yeah, um, yeah. You know, some people are flying all over the place. So, sounds like you like the you know, stand up on your feet and improvise part of it to, to me. Yeah, I mean, it was good experience. It was great experience. Uh, just, yeah, understanding what, and I mean, I use that practice to this day, and I'm sure you do too as well. It's, Nothing's really scripted. It's listening to what the client is looking to get out of the potential relationship and see if, if there is a mutual fit. So, how do, how do you? I'm going to jump around a bit. So, yeah. you've got some, you've got this wonderful diversity of background, and we'll touch on pieces of it. But as as the guy heading an agency now, um, one. Why? <laughs> why do Why do you go out and hang out the shingle and 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 start doing this and then two how do you juggle it yeah you know i always i've always wanted to start my own business and i never knew what that would be and uh so then through i just kind of you know graduated 
UMass Amherst and marketing in 2004. I know I'm dating myself, but, uh, you know, and I just kind of proceeded up and work at big companies, marketing, advertising, boom, boom, boom. But always in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool and so much fun to like actually have your own business and you call the shots. But I never knew what that was. And then as I built up, you know, I would say a decent, pretty decent skill set of doing this for now 15 plus years or 17. Um, and then hit me, it's like, well, you could just sell all the services that you do for other clients and start your own shop. And I don't know, just uh, something was always tugging at me to go into entrepreneurship and I wanted to scratch the edge. And what helped me out is like, yes, you do. Yes, there's a risk leaving a big company. In this case, it was Google. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I backed it up. It's like, well, I'm not going to lose the knowledge I've gained if it doesn't work out. You can always go back. You can always go back you know, tomorrow if I'm like, ah, I'm bored. This isn't going to be the case. But I'm like, ah, I want to go back and work for a big company. Bigger challenges, maybe, maybe not. And do it. You can always do that. But I really wanted to give this an honest go. Yeah. And I have it be till I'm 70 years old and be like, oh, I really wish I would have tried that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I've done, I, I, I did the, uh, I got, had the opportunity to be at a big company early on. And I, I actually, I'll tell, you know, young colleagues, if you get a chance to do that, mm-hmm. you will learn stuff inside the big org that will help you no matter where else you land. Because when you're dealing with someone else at a big org, you've got at least some perspective on the, both the resources and the real constraints that they're working within. When you're one of 10,000 fill in the blanks, your latitude for action is very different yeah. than when you're the only guy in the seat at the, you know, at the head of Rise Marketing Group, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. And uh, working at a big organization can be an NBA by yeah. itself. Just you learn so much and yeah. they train you and yeah. process and then that can help in all aspects of life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it, and at the same time, if someone, you know, there's, it's someone else's idea of structure and strategy and, and business priority and even culture and things like that. So, uh, checks and balances, neither, neither of them bad experiences. I don't think, um, yep. what was the biggest surprise in the four years, four plus years of running your own shop? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, biggest surprise. I don't think there's one big surprise i think uh one thing i would say is it wasn't necessarily a surprise it was just like okay i know this is eventually going to come so i started started the rise like okay we're doing well got some clients hired first employee continue to grow second play third play but in the back of my mind i'm like well times are good but times will not always be good and there will be recessions and so that wasn't a surprise and then of course, COVID hit. So that Q2 of, hmm. was it three years ago and the yeah. whole economy like shut? I'm like, okay, well, this is it. This is uh, the first hurdle. But thankfully, you know, I mean, unfortunately we lost clients because everyone just shut down what they're doing during that quarter. But then that accelerated the need for digital after that economic shutdown. Yeah. And, and, you know, now we're in another similar or relatable space where, are we in a recession? Are we not? Depend who's headline you want to read. And then so organizations are thinking about that, especially maybe startup clients that are uh, are looking for funding. 
So that was the biggest thing of, it wasn't a surprise, but like, okay, a recession or economic downturn will happen at some point. Let the surprise, how are you going to react and how can you things pump in and adapt appropriately? Right, right. Yeah. And and one of the virtues of small is you you can change change course fast. Very fast. Yeah, really, really fast. Which, is, which, fast. Is, which is so much fun. I mean, I don't run with members of the team sometimes will just crank out a whole like strategy yeah in like 45 minutes and and you don't have to respond to anyone else but like okay well let's just do it whereas before if you worked for google or merkel or whatever that might be oh my gosh it's like lifting up a boulder up a mountain just to get someone to look at it let alone approve it and then let alone run it it's just yeah it's a little demotivating really (laughs) Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm of a couple minds about that. There's, um, I, I, I've had Amazon in, in my days running an agency. We actually had Amazon as a client at one point. So I got to work with Amazon and I heard a bit about their practice of, uh, it's in, it really intentional and thoughtful. You've got to pitch this with a written memo and everybody at the meeting is going to read it. And then they're going to discuss it. It's like, really pushing the think this through uh dimension of strategy and and um it's easy at a small company to to do something relatively fast and 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 sometimes impulsively not necessarily thought through but it doesn't necessarily kill you either if a week down the line you go oh crikey we forgot about you know blah 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 flying monkeys and we should should change that like okay we'll change it we'll we'll adapt so that the balance between, I guess where I'm going is the balance between the, you know, more eyes on the problem before you set off on the actual journey. There's, there's some gain to that, but there's also a scale. I think we're both saying a scale at a big company where you go, oh my God, it's like, it takes so bloody long just to get to, yes, let's go. I know. And probably the right approach is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Can't be too fast and a little too reckless. Um, yeah. I'm thinking that's through, but you I would say, uh, what's that uh, saying? It's um, don't sacrifice good for being perfect or something like that. Yeah, the perfect is the enemy of the good or the good. Yeah, the perfect is the enemy of the good is one way I've heard that. Or something like that. I'd always always prefer a B, B plus product (laughs) launch and be fast (laughs) and make changes to get to that A versus over engineer everything. And then, yeah. Well, we've got a ringside seat, you know, as, as we're sitting here late November, we've got a ringside seat to what what's looking like one of the biggest uh, impulse-driven strategy changes I've ever seen, which is uh, Twitter. Two weeks or so into uh, Elon Musk taking over, and I, you know, I'm just looking for the cheat seats going, are you out of your freaking mind? I don't <laughs> care if you're a billionaire. You don't know that you, you fired the right people. You can't do it that fast. That is true. That is so interesting. So yeah, he's taking the <clears throat> mentality to a very large organization. I mean, I don't know if this has been done before. Um, yeah, I don't know. And who knows where it's going to happen? Um, but from an outsider looking in, um, I don't really tweet that much. And I usually look at it just for like a daily news feed of the people that I follow. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I mean, it's entertaining, really. Right. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you, you've worked at, you worked large, large tech companies. You mentioned Google and I think you spent some time at Yahoo as well, right? Right. Um, you don't know what everybody does at a big company. Like just yeah. figuring out who, who turns that knob and, and who runs that dial yep. takes time. And what, what's got me just going, oy vey, with, uh, with, uh, with the quick firing is, look, the smart people don't necessarily stick around and put up with your baloney. The smart people go, yeah, I can do something else. Goodbye. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And also, not always the case, but certainly can be. The smart people may not be the ones that are really speaking up to like advocate for themselves in their role or their project. Yeah, yeah. Where they're like, we're doing great work, but. Yeah, we're quiet about it. And then so they, they let just let them off because he hasn't heard. Yeah. But man, I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see. <laughs> to see how. To see how this turns out. Well, I mean, to me, this is one of the things I was I was really interested to talk with you about because you've got both perspectives. It seems to me that we're in a quite a large sea change moment for the 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 big digital players that have dominated the space for nearly a decade. Um, arguably, yep. Twitter's in all sorts of turmoil. Facebook is 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 looking shaky to to put it politely. You got the rise of of TikTok. We don't know if it'll be legal in a year, at least in this country. <laughs> you got the rise of TikTok. Google steaming along, looking relatively stable to me. You're like no one's throwing no no, no one's throwing really big rocks. Google's direction. Amazon is sneaking up on everybody. Yeah. Apple is sneaking up on everybody because they control your pocket. It's like this is. This is a little different ball game. It was kind of quasi stable, and you could say things like Fang for almost ten years, and now, <laughs> wow! Oh yeah, very yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, for the longest time, it was like the two behemoths, yeah, uh, Google and Facebook. Now Meta, and um, yeah. you know, Meta's been having some tough upgoing, and even from an advertiser perspective, yeah. And I don't want to like poo-poo their like platform or anything, but you know, from a performance perspective, which we're a performance agency, we just don't see the same return out of it. Interesting. Um, and so we're not allocating as much funds to it. I know a lot of advertisers have pulled out, but GoBall is steady Eddie, and they continue to in innovate and do things in a very well thought out way. Uh, so the opposite of what's happening at Twitter, like very thought out. <laughs> Big yes. products and yes, big fan. And then um, you're right, Apple. They're they're rising up. I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually have their own search engine that they monetize and just build out their advertising. So yeah, I mean, it's one of the many things. Marketing is a lot of fun. I just <laughs> it never nothing stays the same. Nothing, I mean, I yeah. Yahoo when Yahoo was a uh, the number one search engine, right? Right. Wow. You know, who was the Google? Yeah. And everyone went to their homepage portal. Yeah. To, you know, what's my horoscope? What's the weather? What's the yeah. job sports? My fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you just have to adapt. You have to adapt. You can't be stubborn. And yeah. What uh, what role has, since I mentioned, what role has TikTok played in, in the services for your clients? Yeah. So we tested it um, in yeah. terms of for the clients that we've tested it on and we've tested on some e-commerce so far. And I believe that's about it. It's 
good brand visibility. We haven't seen like this nice like ROI that we see with some other platforms, but they have the reach, they have the engagement. Their advertising platform will evolve over time to meet the needs of advertisers. So, or maybe it's just not the space for us and it's maybe more of like a branding play. Um, Could be. And I think they're probably still figuring out in the general advertising community of how does TikTok work? But they have the reach and they have the engagement. And when you have those two things, there is something valuable there. It's just figuring out like the right fit. so, I, yeah. I, I, I got I to gotta pull the age card. I, I, I sort of looked at TikTok and I said, I'm not even going to start. Like, <laughs> I have too many other interests. I'm not even going to start because it just seems like it, it, it seems like a black hole for time and attention that I can opt not to go down. Yes, no, I, I hear you. And I'm the exact same way. I do not have a TikTok account. Mm. And it- you're like, but Ben, I thought you guys have tested it. Someone on our team, yeah, someone than then you know, they're passionate about this. Like, yeah. you run this, uh, and great, but it's, um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it, it, you, and it, it, it's it's very difficult to keep up with all of them. Uh, you kind of touched on it, glan- you know, glancingly, and of course, I figured we'd go there, but I, I spent some time watching, uh, watching. A, a video on your site that you did talking about email and the you know, five strategic pillars that you guys have for clients. When when we were riffing through the social and digital channels a minute ago, sort of, you know, how quickly it's changing, I mental asterisk, like, and, and email still there, keeps plugging along and uh, undervalued, arguably. I would say so. Yeah. So talk to me about email and what you what you do with your clients and where they are when they come in the door and all of that. Yeah. So email is funny where it's um, years ago and my, I myself was in that camp like, ah, email, do people check email anymore? Does it still work? But the answer is yes, it still does. And the beauty of email that so many people forget and overlook is that it's free. It's 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 a free platform. You're not paying per click on Google or Meta or anything like that. And it's just building a relationship with your audience, whether it be prospects or or all the way down the other side of the spectrum to your loyalists. And every time you send out that email, it's going to be top of mind in there. Even if they don't click in the email, they just read the subject line like, oh, yep. Yeah, Heard let me think about again. that. Yeah. It still works. And now uh, you can set up some great automations and really just have this like supplement the program. But I'm a firm believer that every business out there should have some email marketing program, whether it's as rudimentary as just a monthly newsletter or biweekly just to (laughs) stay there or something much more sophisticated where you have all these flows and automations based off of where Mm -hmm. they were and what they bought in the past. But, and again, like it goes back, it's, it's free marketing. Yes, you have to put some effort into it, but you have this email database and you do it nice and tastefully and not spammy. It's going to help out your business. Yeah. I, 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 I live in uh, the Pacific Northwest, uh, world's best town, uh, Bellingham, Washington. And I uh, saw an article in the local paper about a guy who runs a hot sauce company here, Funky's Hot Sauce. Oh. And. He ended up winning like world's best hot sauce 
and he didn't, he wasn't even expecting it. And I'm walking through our farmer's market the next Saturday and I see the stand. Funkies. And I walked, I'm like, wait a minute, you're in a paper. And he said, yeah, it was like incredible. And it was the guy, right? Who runs this small business. So I'm chatting with him, you know, briefly just to find out what the impact is. Like he said, oh my God, our website just went kaboom. Cause apparently the hot sauce nuts of the world. Yeah. Pounced on him when he won the prize. He said, we, we, we had to shut down our store because we couldn't take any more orders. And I said, well, I, and so let me guess, you're going to jump over to shop if, you know, off whatever and jump over to shop. If I said, yeah, we're looking at that. And I said, do you have email marketing program in place? And he's like, you mean send stuff with Outlook? And I went, oh, that's <laughs> right. Ouch. And I, 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 I wanted to put a time vortex in place and say, can we just chat for half an hour? Now, nah. you've got this moment in the sun where you could probably add the top thousand hot sauce nuts in the world to your list and stay in touch and you'll be gold plated for years to come if you really like making terrific hot sauce. And if yeah. you let that opportunity go, they're not going to be back. That's true. And they're going to visit and then they're going to be gone and then and they're going to be gone. They might buy some, but they will forget about it. At They'll forget point. about it. Yeah. And, and, and if you'll end up, he'll end up paying to, to engage them again, somewhere down the line. That's what, that's what made me twinge a little bit. It's like that, that, oh. you know, that brief moment of engagement he had that where he could say, look, um, like, let's talk directly to one another. Um, we both have the channel yeah, yeah. and I, and it's not something, uh, you know, a small business is necessarily ready for. And I, and I get that. And yep. maybe the email space has done a pretty poor job of saying, you know, blocking and tackling basics. You really should be ready for this. Yeah. You shouldn't stand up a website that doesn't have an opt-in form. You shouldn't, da, 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 da. but on, um, yeah. yeah, it was just during the headlights and, and the notion of an email program was like, was not, wasn't even, didn't even, didn't even register. Didn't even register. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, hopefully he got, he said, is he and his wife are up till three, you know, fulfilling orders. Uh, uh, good for them. <laughs> no, it's really cool. Like yay for them. Like most important, yay for them. But uh, missed opportunity in a way as well. Opportunity. And I mean, that's the beauty of, and I know you have a ton of experience in email, but, um, that's the beauty of email. Like you set up like the opt-in, whatever. So whatever event that happens, get people to your website, whether you're paying for the ads, yeah. posting the local or regional paper or whatever it is, they come to your site and a percentage of them, instead of leaving, they're going to be like, you know, I really like this brand. Uh, yeah, keep me posted with some yeah. updates. And that's, you know, that's about building up your brand. Yeah, uh, that was like the first cool. of your five pillars, I think, was like, get the address. You can't have an email marketing program without getting those. <laughs> I mean, what, is, what, what, uh, where do you take your clients from there, at least in terms of their email program specifically? Yeah. So first and foremost, you need to have some type of email collection. Yeah. I usually like to have something to offer a value. So it's an exchange. You can't just ask, ask, ask. Um, sure. You'll get some of those emails, but it's not going to be that substantial. So whatever it is that you think would be valuable. Um, and then what I like to do is like set up a, that cadence for that newsletter. So, and it has to be realistic to the business. If it's a small business and the owners, let's say they don't hire a rise to do it, but we are saying like, well, even if we're not going to do it, you shouldn't be doing this. 
And there's not going to be enough time. I'm not going to be like, you need to do a newsletter every week or every three days because it's just not going to happen. It'll be not just garbage stuff. Yeah. Make it meaningful. Make it count. Whether that's monthly, biweekly, it doesn't matter. But whatever that you can be consistent at. And then, um, and then we love automation. So anything that you can create and it will do work for you when you are not working is the best. It's the absolute best. So if you're e-commerce, is the basic like abandoned shopping card emails. It could be reminder to refill your whatever your beauty product or whatever it is that you bought that will probably you'll run out of product after that month. Um, and then do like a nice flow of like or a welcome series. Um, those automated emails are so much fun. It takes some effort to get off the ground and set yeah. up all the rules, but once you set it up, yeah, it just goes in. It's not a set and forget it. You do have to look at the data and which messages are doing well and which ones aren't. Sure. But that's great. So, you know, I would always say just be realistic about what the client can actually do. And if they obviously hire an email marketing agency, then they can take it all up. But just whatever is realistic um, that they can just set up um, and, and kind of go into what we we're saying earlier. Does, doesn't have to be over-engineered. Start with that. B plus product and then optimize today, but you got to get something off the ground. Yeah. Everyone listening who has a business, get an email marketing program off. <laughs> it in in some in some domains, my observation would be that it's finally getting a little easier. Um I I I I bought a new uh I started playing golf, I know it hit me oh. with something, right? And I bought a new driver from this little company I discovered. Actually, the the, the founder was going to be a guest on this podcast. That's how I discovered the company. Nice. Uh, Bomb Tech. Bomb Tech Golf Club. Really good golf clubs. like them a lot. Their marketing, their email marketing is, is crackerjack good. Nice. And I got to think it's driving a whole bunch of sales for them because you know, I got the I got the inbound email, like you were saying the other day. Oh, blah, blah, blah. We've got the new version 4 or 7 wood coming oh, yeah. out. So being a dummy and I, I clicked on it and I go look and I'm like, yeah, I don't really need a seven wood right now. Sure enough, the next day, hey, Matthew, we still got a couple of seven woods left. And I'm like, oh, you boogers, you've got it all wired together. And I would bet you money. It's a Shopify and Clavio story because it, it was clearly really tight. So like, it was specific to me. It was specific to the club. I looked at it, I'm thinking that's got to be just. Turning, turning the, you know, turning the cash register. Yeah, yeah. So oh, a lot brilliant. of upfront wiring, and as you takes time. You said, yeah, it takes time. But thankfully, with these uh, integrations, yeah. it's not as hard as you think. It still does take time. It's on wiring and all that stuff, but yeah. uh, not impossible. Not impossible. And, um, and even just setting up some basic stuff will help out. But yeah, no, that's great. And like, <laughs> I love email marketing like that, where it's providing a good experience to that user, to that customer. And email marketing, maybe got a bad rap or in some sense of, oh, that means you're just going to spam me with emails. And yes. no, no one likes that. No one wants to be spammed or no one, but a great way for email. If you opt in and you agree to have this type of relationship and then it's great for everyone. It's great for everybody. Jump, jump laterally for a second. So with, in your work with clients has, has, uh, Text SMS MMS started to be something you're helping them handle. 
Um, we haven't really, we've tested it maybe about a year or two ago. We just haven't put the effort to really build out a practice on it. Um, so no, we, we personally don't. I know there's a lot of value in offering those services because mm. people, everyone's unique, right? So my personal perspective, I don't like getting texts from companies. <laughs> we all get enough texts every day. So I, uh, no yeah. thank you for that. But maybe the younger generation actually prefers that because they don't like go onto the Gmail or whatever it is that they want. And there is a time and a place for SMS if people opt into it and actually prefer to be communicated through their phone like that. Um, we just don't offer it just because we didn't, haven't really put the effort to get it off the ground. Will we? I don't know, maybe in a couple of years, but um, not a high priority at this point. But I do know there can be a lot of value for people who like to engage with brands via text. There there was a there was a point as email was sort of be, was becoming completely commonplace, particularly in the workplace, where people sort of pounced on emails the way they now pounced on pounce on texts. Like Outlook Outlook late nineties, you could configure so a new email gave you a pop up on your desktop. That would make me insane now, right? Like no Flipping way, right? But there was a point in time where the number one, pe- oh, I got us down top of my email. Yeah, you can't, but leave that aside. And and text right now has that high priority interrupt thing to it, where when the phone goes bing, you're going to look at it. Um, and if it gets so much use that that stops happening, so we have to have another secret channel that is a high priority interrupt because that one's getting, eh, I don't know, like. Uh, yeah, we can only fit so many of those in a day. You can only fit so many, and that's why um, I don't know what kind of phone you have, but I like the iPhone, and I'm sure Google has this as well, where you can just uh, mute, you know, different conversations, or it's like, okay, this is love the group, but it's getting a little crazy right now, so I'm gonna just kind of step out. I'll check in later today or tomorrow or not, and uh, I'll let that wave kind of pass. <laughs> well, you you said it. That's interesting. I. Go, having worked at Google, Google, Microsoft, or Google, Apple, and this, the, you know, the duopoly in mobile. And yep. you're an iPhone guy now. I'm an iPhone guy too, by the way. That is true. And uh, so at Google, it was Pixel all the way. And Pixels are definitely good phones. Um, yeah. But what changed me over is the whole texting, you know, at, at that point. You didn't want to be a green bubble. I didn't want to. My friends are like, Ben, you're bringing <laughs> Yeah, stop this nonsense. Yes. And eventually I'm like, you know what? The iMessages, in my opinion, are far superior. I love the capabilities that mm. you can do with it and the texting and all that stuff. It's just a better messaging experience. So that's what tipped me over. Um, Interesting. But- but still love a lot of other Google products. Yeah. No, I, I, I use, I, I mean, we build almost everything on Google cloud. So at an industrial level, we're, you know, huge Google fans here. And then I've got a zillion Google services that I use, but my, and then my end devices tend to be Apple for a lot of historical reasons and navigating, you know, fitting those two together is a, is a bit of fun and games, but I, I agree with you about messages. And in fact, I, I wrote a I wrote a, a a guest post for um I think only influencers uh, a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago about the iMessages and Google and Google's attempt to sort of shame Apple 
into opening that up and playing nice with RCS. So like, it's not going to happen. There's no <laughs> freak. Why would they? Yeah, they don't need to. And you're the living case study of, right? <laughs> like, they don't need to. And they don't need to. Messaging and high adoption. So they're bringing other people to it. And it's a great. It them. They, they innovated their messaging far they better did. than Google's. And they, they did. Won. So, well, Google had about like 10 or 12 messaging clients over the course of a decade. So, oops, there. And Apple yeah. just kind of stuck to the knitting and kept making the one yep. better and better. And it sort of snuck up. All of a sudden you realize, God, I, I use this darn thing all the time and every day. And, and Margaret and George, my annoying green bubble friends, huh, come on. Man. <laughs> yeah, program. yeah get, with, get with the program. Yeah, they're not going to, but. Yeah, hmm. I I I'll be very curious and and put this one in the uh, you know futurist hat for a for an agency. I'll be very curious to see if Apple turns that into a marketing channel because I think they could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they could. I've been thinking the last couple of years, and this stuff I'm sure isn't original. I'm sure I read a blog and it just deposited somewhere in my mind. <laughs> Then, um, you know, Apple, if they wanted to really open up their ad platform, like they can absolutely do that with messaging, as you mentioned, and podcasts. So many people use their devices. They can open up and then, um, and then also, you know, the whole showdown between Facebook, Meta, and Apple and the whole iOS cookie uh, yeah. lockdown. Yeah. And, you know, the conspiracy, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the, the marketing conspiracy side of me is like, ooh, this is a play for Apple to kill off advertising on Facebook. And then marketers are going to need to put this budget somewhere. And then Apple's going to open up their own marketing platform, all like closed loop uh, tracking. Yep. So that's what I was kind of thinking for at the time. Like, ooh, this could happen. And it certainly could happen. Oh. So, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think we're at the end of that game yet. I, 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 had, a, uh, I had a guest a couple weeks ago. I think it was Jack Wrigley. From Webula, he said, "Some someone's somewhere. They've got to pay this back. Now, Apple has has to pay back this massive investment in walling the garden." Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see when it comes we'll to see. fruition, but um, yeah, hmm. well, I'm sure. <laughs> the 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 thing about marketing is we live in this very careful knife edge thing of. Privacy, yes, but, you know, efficiency and knowledge of the customer, yes. And, and we're constantly navigating the the ethics of that back and forth. It's yeah. uh, it, it's an interesting time to do this. And it's true. And it requires a lot of thought. With privacy and European laws have a little bit tighter control over yeah. that. Um, yeah. But the good thing, you should get, I am a firm believer, you should always get consent. Uh, no one wants to be spammed. But, um, you know, having consent to be tracked or whatever ultimately should provide a much superior experience as you just cited out with your golfing example. Yeah. yeah. So there's the, there's that fine line. And if people opt out, be like, don't track my stuff, be like, all right, then you're just going to get, you know, weirdo ads that you don't even know why you're getting it. And that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, and as the, theoretical cookie less third-party cookie less future shows up i don't know if the experience is actually going to get 
much, much worse or much, much better. I'm really not sure. Yeah. My hope is it gets better because it's relying, as you know, just like on all first party data, which really, again, opens up the need to get back. What we're talking about earlier is you got to start developing these relationships with, with folks in a digital perspective because the cookie will die. The that, cookie will die. That yeah. is the truth. Yeah. And you have to actually have these relationships with them that you can communicate via email, via ads, by uploading or other mechanisms. Yeah. SMS for another example. So yeah, my hope is that will progress the industry. And honestly, I mean, probably the industry was a little laggard behind. And anyhow, I think they're a little too loose. <laughs> yeah. And nicely, nicely put. <laughs> some platforms more so than others. Yes. At that, but um, so it'll be interesting. Well, so where do you want to where do you want to take now that you're you know flying uh, flying your entrepreneurial plane? Where do you want to take it? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, as we're growing and building up the team, our focus is continued continued growth just because we have a team to support now and we want to give out raises and promotions and really build up solid talent here uh, i think what's going to happen is we're just going to get into more verticals more vertical specific clients that we work with and build out some really strong expertise um, mm -hmm. and evolve with the channels but we're not a shop where oh, it's just the ben lund show and that's about it but because now you know we have employees and we need to give them some great opportunity and and clients also like to see you grow because that's more talent and thoughts and resources that you have to deploy yeah yeah i don't think we're going to be a miracle um, nor do i strive to be because uh, i do flexibility and you know not being i don't know if Marco are you uh are, are you a complete virtual shop like work from home virtual shop we're hybrid so we uh, we're Based in Boston, a couple office rooms over here. And of the folks that are in Massachusetts, New Englandy, people come in one day a week, they prefer. And then we do have some folks that are remote. And we just had our first in person conference a couple months ago. And that was wow. fun. Wow. 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 There's so much fun. And so we'll definitely keep cadence of those at least once a year, get the whole team together. Yeah. And for folks that are regional, in and out as you please, but everyone has their days of like, oh, I love going on Tuesdays. I love going on Wednesdays. And nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a good approach. I think it works. Um, so pros and cons to remote versus in person. Yeah. I think it is a good approach, at least for us. I, I like the sort of at will hybrid that you just described, you know, where Someone can say, you know what, being in on Tuesday when Fred tends to be here so we can do blah, 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 works for us. Okay, great. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do it and then try to make it fun. You know, we'll grab some coffee or if anyone wants lunch, let's, let's do that. Uh, and that's good. And there's a lot of value. I mean, even some folks that are remote further, let's say a four hour drive where they're not in for a month yeah. or so. Yeah. But then they get to the office and they feel the energy. They're like, oh, this is, I was missing this. Yeah. And then even when they go back to a remote location, I think that carries on in those relationships. <clears throat> so, yeah. 
I spent some time, uh, I spent some time at a subsidiary, uh, in my big corporate days. Uh, I worked for almost a year at the Australian sub and you could, you could see the value of face-to-face -face by being removed from it. The folks in the sub were like, okay, I think so-and-so out there in the U.S. is responsible for this, but they yeah. didn't really know. And you can't walk through the halls and find out or go have lunch with someone and say, wait, do you know the, do you know guy in this group? So yeah. the, the, it, it put a lens on what we're really experimenting with now in a lot of companies of what happens when you're not mixing it up live in the office all the time, when all that social fabric is, yeah. is not holding work together the way it did for, for a long time. This is a big experiment we're in the middle of. It's a huge experiment. Um, I think the pandemic force is going to be like, okay, yeah. work can be accomplished from home. Awesome. Yeah. That's right. But now it's like the tides are going the other way. I'm like, well, work from home is great, but there's a ton of value of being present and in person and collaborating and just having those like random interactions. Sure. And I worked at Google. Yeah. I, I, I can't think with, for sure that they designed the office space like this, but this is what I've heard is at least in Cambridge, they had very long corridors and they intentionally created space where people could like walk by and like bump into each other. So if I saw my boss or my boss's boss or just a colleague or someone just like walking in the hall and I'm going, I'm not going to just look the other way. And they're like, Hey, how's it going? And you like stop and chit chat, but they create these instances that would almost promote yes. this, uh, this dialogue, <clears throat> then, um, at least that's what I heard they did. If they did, that's super smart. Um, that's smart. There was a there was an architecture firm in Seattle. Boy, this is if I'm pulling out of a memory bank here. There's an architecture firm in Seattle that, that was doing well, built a headquarters for themselves, but they intentionally capped the height and built it around stairs instead of elevators because no. stairway conversations. Yeah. Because you don't have air elevator conversations. You're in and out so fast. And, and the whole protocol on an elevator is to like, you know, shut up and look at the buttons for what, whatever stupid reason we do that, right? But on a stair, you're like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Let's stop and chat. Yeah, don't right? really walk up. What store are you going to? Hey, yeah. Steps up you. yeah. 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 And, and I suspect companies that pay attention to that level of detail, like you said, for Google on may see the may reap the benefit of no 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 let's let's try and get uh some human time as part of our work time yeah uh, some live and face-to-face -face as part of our yeah. work time yeah yeah and i i read the i read uh stephen levy's the plex uh, a couple months ago which is about google oh cool and and the the dust you know i i'm a stephen levy fan he's he's a significant historian but the back is sort of look both of the founders were montessori kids you need you need to keep that in mind to understand Google. And I went, that makes hey, sense. Yeah, Stop. I'll have to check that book out. Yeah, you, did, you actually haven't been there. You might, you might really, really enjoy yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, highly recommended. Well, let me let you get on with the day, Ben. What a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, Matthew, really appreciate this. This was, this, this was a lot of fun. So let's absolutely stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. So conversation, conversation becomes content, but the conversation's my favorite part. <laughs> That's right. Well, my, my guest has been Ben Lund at uh, Rise Marketing Group. Where does someone find Rise if they're, if they're like, oh, I want to talk to this guy? Yep. It's risemkg.com. Uh, 
Come to our website, leave your email. We'll stay in touch. <laughs> your email will stay in touch. All right, Ben. Thanks. Keep in touch, right. man. Thank you, Matthew.